Return of the King, right? That's it. Mm-hmm. And actually, like, okay, so there's a there's a scene at the end where the two, like, the two... Um, Hobbits? Yeah. I kept calling him Froyo, but it's Frodo. Who <laughs> <laughs> drives Junior nuts. Anyway, um, they're, like, embracing in the lava, and, like, the scene cuts out, and I looked at Junior, and I was like, that better not be the end of this movie. I better have not watched nine hours for, for, it, for it to go down like that. I need a happy ending. Like these movies that don't have a happy ending at the end, it just, and it just like kind of cuts out and yep. leaves you, oh, I'm just like, no. And so thankfully, it, it, all the loose ends got tied yeah. nice and pretty in both. That movie ends like four times. There are like four places where it could end. That's right. one. There's another one. Right. It, it just drags a little at bit at some point. But whatever. Such no, like life. so. That's what I. That's what I told you. And I was like, at the end of the movie, it was another battle, and I was like, yep. can we just, can we fast forward this, <laughs> this particular battle to get to what does like does the ring go down People in the are volcano in or cars what? Right now. <laughs> no, you can't fast forward on the ring. Oh, I didn't. I couldn't actually. Our remote, our remote to the DVD player doesn't fast forward, so we're kind of stuck anyway. But whatever. I watched the whole thing, and I've done it. And so Junior and I uh, went to sleep last night like at, I don't know, two or three. I also went to sleep at two last night. And today's my long day. And Junior's like, you are going to be, you're going to have to go to the coffee shop at least five or six or seven times. <laughs> I was like. AKA my office is the coffee shop. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Come that's why out. I went in there. I was like, hey, guy. Yeah, come hang out. Come <laughs> Can get I get coffee. a coffee before? Dude, I love when people come get coffee from my, I really do. People are like, doesn't it bother you? Like, I really no. wish that all of I us would... could, I really wish it could be like dorm room style where like five of us moved in there. <laughs> and we, we just, just have a big space for everyone We would have, together. there would be great ideas and yep. lots of gospel. And things and, would not get done. Exactly. Cha- exchange of ideas, but like absolute, like Father programming. Father has to separate us so that we get work done. Like they do when they do testing and they yep. put the folder up. Like yeah. need, we would need to put the folder up. They like. That's so funny. We do, we really do work at a place with a lot of, crazy extroverted people is it that like mm. maybe you and i are just crazy extroverted right and we kind of get everyone else going i don't know right no and i don't really think it's that we're i think we like each other yeah i think so that's what it is and we like to uh, bounce ideas off of each other which is honestly and actually this kind of leads into what we want to talk about today hi i'm elisa i'm tom Welcome to the Being Church podcast. Um, yeah, so she's getting so good. You just threw that introduction in there. It's great. I'm it, so happy you're my co-host. <laughs> it's super fun. Anyway, so like uh, when we come and we talk to each other, it yeah. is so refreshing for me because I was a not was a mom. I was a stay-at-home mom for ten years. I'm still a mom. I'll always be a mom for ten years. And so like this, you bouncing, stayed at home for ten years. Ish. Yeah. I mean, like, I would I would come here. Right. And do little things for, as for confirmation, but like my primary, like diapers, yeah, snacks. Do you yeah. love it more than now? I'm realizing I loved it more than anything I've yeah. ever loved in my whole life. Oh, so that's, that's kind of like so. Anyway, coming here gives me such it feeds me in such a different way because like talking to grownups and them having we us having these great exchanges. Maybe it's that it also involves our faith that we exchange ideas, but we also. We also kind of pump each other along up for like yeah. the the disciplehood or discipleship journey. So so that's it's life giving. 
I know. Yeah, it, quite honestly, I don't know where I would be. <laughs> I've said this before. If I didn't work at a church. <laughs> really? It, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's important to, to have these people. But it's like, it's, it's hard sometimes because, well, I know we want to talk about identity a little right. bit today. Is that what you want to yeah. talk about? Yeah. Because uh, work and play and church get all mixed together and it right. gets hard. Right. Um, and you were saying that like, and when you add mother and wife and yeah. all that other stuff on top of there, it's like your true identity kind of gets buried and it's like, how do I, right. So like, I asked... we're told like, you're a son of God, you're a daughter of God. Right. And that's beautiful. But also like, I'm a worker. Right. Uh, so that's what I did. I came in and I said, okay, Tom, just lay it out for me. I have another question for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's my quasi spiritual director and he's so young. God help you. <laughs> anyway, so I was like, okay, so. I do I do a lot of talking about how, especially with young people, about how our the foundation of who we are is our identity as uh, children of God. So I am a daughter of the king and you are a son of the king. And that is, so when we try to measure our worth or our value um, on, on how much, well, we perform on X, Y, and Z, or, you know, how much money we have. When we measure ourselves, then, you know, it always falls short. But mm-hmm. if we if we cling to this idea that we are children of God. When you say that your identity is in God, like I'm a child of God, well, first of all, you have to figure out what does that mean. But also at some level, that's enough, I've found. Right, absolutely. So my question to you was like, okay, I go around and I'm like, this is the most important thing. Thing, that you live and move and breathe that primarily you are a child of God. Your mm-hmm. identity, my identity is daughter. And so <laughs> how do I not get wrapped up in, let's say, my identity as a mother or my identity as a church worker? How do how does that And by not... wrapped up in, you mean like, how do I not make that my be all end all? Right. Like, like... I am a mom. And if... I do something wrong. I failed at life. Right. Well, yeah. Or just, or just that I put so much, so many eggs in that basket. Like, uh, I was telling Tom that my my children are growing really fast, and all the veteran veteran uh, parents say that you know once your kids hit, you know fifth sixth grade, then you blink and it's they're out of your house. And I, I very giant. much am yeah, I very much am feeling that right now because mm-hmm. our last kid has one more year at home, and then I'll have all. I'll have no one at home, which is crazy because I literally could not leave my house for fear of like going to Target. And you mean they'll all be in school? Yeah, they'll okay. all be in yeah. school, yeah. like elementary school or middle school or high high school. <clears throat> <laughs> anyway, the battleground, right? And so I'm really struggling with this idea that motherhood mm. has been and is just so wonderful, and um, it's being shaken shaken up a little bit and I'm struggling. And so today on the way in, I was just like, but motherhood is a part of who you are. It isn't who you are. So I want to know how to do a better job always coming from the foundation. Right. And so you were like, so how do I, how do I do both? Right. How do I remember that I'm a daughter of God, but also like be a mom. And I, I mean, I don't have an exact answer, but the answer that made sense to me right away was, well, you bring your identity in Christ into that call to be a mother. Yeah. Right? And then like, I was like, oh, 
Right, which I guess it made sense to you, which is good, because I'm still trying to work it out in my head. Right. Which is funny. You say things, but yeah, I don't know. Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah, right. But I, I do think that, like, if we if we truly acknowledge that, like, at our deepest core, we are children of God. You know, we've been baptized, and God loves us, and all this stuff. Then he's called us to the rest of it. He's brought us to the rest of it. And so, like, he's given us the gifts to be him in that situation. Right. To, to bring his love to that place. Yeah. And that actually is such good news for me because, yeah. you know, I, I guess on the way in, I was thinking, well, it's one or the other, but really, no, it's, it's not one or the other. It's just, uh, how, how do I, as a daughter of the King, bring that into my motherhood? How do I bring that into my work at St. Louis. Yeah. What does that actually look like? So when you texted me this morning, Hey, like identity, whatever I started thinking about the, I think I I might've talked about this on the podcast before. My favorite spiritual read is called, it's called life of the beloved by Henry Nowen. You've got to read it. I do. Because this is exactly what he talks about. The book opens and he's corresponding or talking with this, um, Jewish journalist. And, the journalist is like totally beat down in life. He's like, my job is what I do. And like life sucks kind of. Right. Uh, and so Henry now and this Dutch priest, who's just an amazing person. Um, he asks the man, he's like, so what do you and your friends need to know about God? And basically what this, what this journalist uh, responds is like, I need to know who I am in relation to him. Oh. And so this, this spurs this whole, this whole book called Life of the Beloved. And in it, Nowen talks about our true identity as sons and daughters of God. He uses, you know, when Jesus is baptized in the Jordan. Right. In, in the gospel. And the dove descends and God says, you are my beloved son and you I am well pleased. Well, Nowen says that God says that to all of us. Oh. He says, you are my beloved son, you are my beloved daughter and you I am well pleased. And then Nowen does this really awesome thing. He says that our identity, we have to claim that identity as children of Christ. And this is kind of heady theology or just like heavy, heady spirituality. He says that identity is taken, blessed, broken, and given for the life of the world. Okay, say that again. That our identity in Christ right. is taken, blessed, okay. broken, and given for the life of the world. Do you know what that sounds like? It sounds like the Eucharist. Yeah. Right? So like... Long story short, so sorry I've been rambling. But no, like, no, this is good. This is this, so good. Now one says basically that this identity that, that we are sons and daughters of God has been given to so that we can feed the world, so that we can bring Christ into the world. And so our, our Christian identity has to plug into what we do in life. doesn't mean we all have to work at churches. Right. doesn't mean we all have to be moms and dads. doesn't mean we all have to be priests and deacons. Right. Or sisters. It does mean that whatever we do, we have to bring God into it and we have to, our identity in Christ has to be first so that we can bring him wherever we go. Right. So as you're saying that, like you're talking and I'm picturing all my different roles, you know, as a mom. And so I'm thinking, okay, now I'm thinking, okay, well, some places I do that really well. Like I feel like I bring that identity well to my role as a wife, as a mother, but I think that there are some places that I probably could do a little bit better. Of course. Yeah. Um, and in all those places and for every person, it's different. Right. right. Like you, in some sense, you need to be a mom in a different way than someone else needs to be a mom. Right. Because your kids are different. Your husband's different. Right. 
that's actually really a beautiful way to look at it. And so, I mean, in our world, we hear that we're supposed to be all kinds of things, right? Our identity is that we're supposed to be a social media influencer or, you know, a rich person or whatever. Um, Even when it comes to like self-identifying things in our world, you know, transgender and things like that. Right. People, people claim that this is who I am because this is what makes me, me. Right. Um, And that's interesting because like the thing that makes me, me is, I don't know. It's like, I don't, I don't want to be defined by, it's interesting because we don't want to be defined by the color of our skin, but we want to be defined by other externals or other like ancillary things. That's, that's hard for me to reconcile. Well, and so I kind of, whenever I recently, when I was discussing this with, um, some, um, teen girls, I just said, it's tricky when you identify yourself with all these other things because, um, that kind of stuff is changing. Right. So like if, um, you know, I'm right now, my identity as a mom is kind of changing um or you could take anything you know like how many likes you have on instagram you know Mm -hmm. that could change it could go Mm -hmm. like somebody could you know have a ton of followers and then no followers or you could be a sensation for two minutes Mm -hmm. and so if you if you identify yourself with all these externals out in the world well that stuff changes and wouldn't it make sense for those of us who believe in an unchanging everlasting forever eternal god wouldn't it make sense for us to identify ourselves in something that doesn't change yeah not only that doesn't change but also he who loves us first best and most yeah it's just i mean i I don't know it's got to be really difficult to say like yeah i'm a mom and i love this but that's not how i identify myself right that takes i don't know that sounds weird to probably a lot of people it sounds weird to me right i know that like yeah, but but going back to what you said, that makes perfect sense. Like it, it's a part of who I am and I'm taking my identity. I'm taking my identity as a beloved daughter of God to all of those things. So yeah. it doesn't I guess I was seeing like a like a separation mm-hmm. and that's that's painful mm-hmm. like to separate to say, "Okay, well, I have sorry guys, I have to concentrate on this daughter of the king thing." Right. Um uh, don't mind me. <laughs> Over yeah. here. I'm just going to be praying. I'm just going to be in the adoration chapel. Right, yeah. um, but for you to say, oh, well, no. This just means you bring all of that. You bring how, – how do you bring that into everything that you've been called to? Yeah. Because like you're – and that's the other there's thing a, about change. A, yeah, go ahead. There's like – you have seasons, right? Like right now we're church workers. Right. Um, I'm super passionate about education. In five years, I might be, you know, in picket lines. I don't know. But <laughs> – I wouldn't be. I wouldn't yes, be shocked. Yes, you would. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if I was on a picket line. But, um, but whatever you're called to in that, mi- so it, that's the other glorious thing about your identity being wrapped up in in Christ is that your seasons will change and you will you will go through those storms and those transitions with something mm-hmm. to cling to. Right, something that's unchanging, and and I think that's really on some level it's really important to say like my identity is who I am. These other things are what I do. Not that it doesn't matter. No. That's not, that's not that's what we're not, saying like at all, Like your right? skin color does matter. Of it is a part of, of who of course you it does. are. Of course it does. It just is kind of, I think when, I, when I'm talking about identity, it, 
it's about where I get my worth and my value. Yes. Right. right? So is like, this what you kind of do in your, right, I don't right, know if you want to talk right. about your ministry. No, no, no. Yeah. The, the ministry, the ministry that I love to work on the side ha- has a lot to do with, um, helping teens remember their value and their identity. So when, and their worth. Um, and so when we're talking about this Christian identity, we, we, we don't mean to say that things like don't matter. Of course not. Uh, externals yeah. don't matter. But but it's like if I'm going to let um, all these other things um, tell me my value and all those other things change or they shift, then I can see how there are things like identity crisis, you know, like in the middle of your life when you're like, oh my gosh, who am I? Like, right. or I'm like, I'm halfway through my life and I, and I don't have this and I haven't accomplished that and, you know... What good am I? Right. I can see that happening if your if your value is wrapped up in things that that are really way external and yeah, not. and transitory and changing. Right. Yeah. Okay. So all this is good, but it makes me think of the question: like, how can a person know that their identity is in Christ? Right. Like that's something that we're told from the pulpit. Right. Uh, the you know we hear it in the homilies. We you're a daughter of God. You're a son of God. But what does it take to like come to know that? Right. And where do you start to? Because I mean, there's probably people listening to this podcast who have never even thought about that. Right. How do you start? Yeah. How do you have that? Because because I do have a very strong sense that I am a daughter of God. Yeah. And so, but that's partially because it's been ingrained in you since you were a child. But yeah. Well, but I feel like it hasn't. I haven't had such a strong sense. It's probably been the last maybe three to five years that I've, that I've really come yeah. to know. And, and really when I look back at the times in my life that I least understood my, um, identity in Christ, those are some rough yeah. spots yeah. of really not great choices yeah. because I really did take my identity from what that dude over there said or whatever. So, um, Man, I that's a good question. I, I well, think it was just like little yeah. it was little by little that it, I think you kind of have to let yourself listen and be open to where he's trying to tell you that he loves you. Exactly. Yeah. I think I mean honestly, I think the best way is to take some time in prayer. There's this priest on have you heard of Curious Cat? Do you know what Curious Cat no. is? It's like one of these softwares where you can people on the internet can ask you any questions and they're anonymous. And so there's this priest on Twitter who's answering all these curious cats, and people keep asking asking him these tough questions, like, "Would Jesus have done this? Would Jesus?" And his answer is always the same: "Go to the Adoration Chapel and ask him." And so, oh my goodness! I mean, I think that's a great. Oh my goodness, that's an excellent. Oh my goodness! Right, but like, I think that that's an appropriate way to address this question. If you want to find out more about like, who am I in relation to God? Go ask him. Right. Who am I in relation to you? Yeah. And he'll tell you. Right. He'll show you. And the truth of that is, is that he will show you in the most marvelous ways. I mean, I routinely, um, you know, am incredibly grateful for like the ways in my life that are, you know, specific to me that he has shown like, you know, this, this patch is rough and I love you this way. Right. Or this is great and this is how I'm showing you right. um, that I love you. And so, yeah, I think 
in order to know if you're loved by him or how you're loved by him, you have to, you, you, you have to do a little bit of the seeking out. Yeah. Cause he's always, pers- this is the other thing about God that is just magnificent is that he's always pursuing us. Mm-hmm. 100,000% of the time I used to do this exercise in confirmation where I would have a, a student come up and then I would have one of my youth leaders pretend to be God. <laughs> and I would whisper in the youth leader's ear, I would say, I'm going to have this youth walk and I want you to follow right behind Mm -hmm. the entire time. Mm -hmm. And I, and I just, it was a great visual for everybody to see like this kid walking in the opposite direction and whichever way he turned as soon as he turned around, Mm -hmm. or even if he didn't really need to turn around because God is just always right there pursuing us. And so part of it just takes us looking up and looking around and, and he, uh, He's generous in the ways that he wants to show us. Absolutely. How much he loves us. Absolutely. And I thought of a thing I was going to say earlier. Another thing I was going to say. Tell me. I hope that's okay. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Um, There's something about... It's important that we all do this, that we all go to God and ask him. Because we all want to be one, right? Like there is so much fighting and all sorts of disunity in our world. And we all crave to be like this one, one group, one person, you know, um, we all talk about fairness and equality. Well, the, when we get to our most basic identity in God, that's where we find our dignity as people. Like that's, that's who he created us to be. That's where we find our unity. That's the reason you and I can sit in the same room. It's not because the laws say that we can sit in the same room or, you know, it's the, the reason we can worship in church with people other people uh it's not because it's because like god has called us together right uh that actually brothers and sisters like brothers and sisters that's our identity that actually might be one of the most beautiful things you've said ever and yeah in any podcast like what you said about no i'm serious (laughs) guys he so this is what i love about that statement is that you talked about human dignity being what kind of binds us together yeah and what and what is the commonality and that's just that's really like a beautiful thing to just kind of strip everything away and be like listen it doesn't matter it doesn't matter everybody has human dignity everybody is Mm -hmm. beloved beloved to the father so like to approach to approach everyone like that is really hard because man there are some people that in my own life that drive me of course absolutely insane but just um just to think that these people who drive me insane like the way that i feel loved by by god is the way that they are loved by god mm-hmm. and if and more, sometimes more, more right yeah. and so and sometimes it's a little bit of my job to to remind them of that and some people like i choose to withhold that knowledge mm. just because it's easier or i just don't want to deal but but it is it is great that we get to play a part in um, helping helping people un, uh, unravel or expose the mystery of yeah. how much God loves them. Yeah. That we get. To, so I'm saying like, oh, you're you and I are saying like, oh, you know, go see Jesus. He'll tell you how much he loves you. But like you and I uniquely get to play a part in walking people to that identity. Yeah. Um, here at church, but just like in general, right? Right. right. 
So, so yeah. So part one is to is to go to Jesus and say like, who am I in relation to you, and who am I in relation to the Father? But I guess part two is to help other people realize that too. Realize that they are sons and daughters of God, that they are worth more, right. that they are loved. That's the whole thrust of that now in book, which I that's why I love it so much, is because <sighs> he just kind of gets back to the basic truth that like, you are beloved. God will do anything to get you back. Like, you are a beloved child. I'm going to link to it in the description. Okay, I yeah. Think, I'm going to... So, guys... I think everyone should read so it. So, my friends out there, we're going to... We're about to have a book study. We are. We're going to have a book study hey, on this. small group book study. Yes. Y'all, get together in small yes. groups. Yes. Let's... Because somebody there's some call laws me. in the diocese. Love you, diocese. But... Create there's groups. Some, there's, some, there's some laws that we can't... You know, we can't make groups happen in homes. Get together with your friends and yes. do some stuff. Right. Somebody call me or text me or email me and let's let's do this book study. And yeah, let's... it's great. It's an easy read. It's like 120 pages. What? Super. Oh, you are speaking my language. Dude, have you ever read language? me now? Oh no. my gosh. And Life Father... of the Beloved, The Face of Jesus, uh, Prodigal Son, and there's one more that I can't. Father Doug has me reading this really intense intellectual book right now. The Aquinas and I... book that he loves. Yes. Yeah. I'm like eight pages in and I'm like, somebody help me now. Dude, you will cry. I was in confession a couple weeks ago. <laughs> And this priest was like, for your penance, uh, do you have any good spiritual reads that you like? And I said, I really love Henry Nouwen. He goes, for your penance, read a chapter of a Henry Nouwen book. And I was like, heck yeah. I love you. That's like the best penance ever. (laughs) That sounds great. It was pretty funny. Uh, Excellent. Okay. We're going to do another podcast on another conversation I had with a priest in confession. It was awesome. Okay. Excellent. All right. Well, we need to write it down. In an upcoming episode. Hey, and guys, we did a great job. We've been doing a much better job praying for you guys. Much better job. Much better. Aren't you proud of us? (laughs) Please pray for us. So you can like and subscribe. (laughs) As a reward. (laughs) Yes. For us praying. Oh, anyway. No, that one. Yeah. That's fine. Pray for us. We're praying for you. We love you. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, We'll see you next week. Uh, Yeah. Go be church. Yeah.